0: All right, we are recording. What's up? (laughs) Hey, hey. What's up, y'all? Welcome to episode three of the Traveling Black Women podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. So guess what we are talking about today? Travel. Yes, yes. Something that is very near and dear to my heart.
1: I think this is probably one of my favorite things to discuss about travel, solo travel, you know? Yeah. Just a level of freedom, of empowerment, of. Yeah enthusiasm. There's just so many words that I can use to describe it. I have to also point out that I'm a very, very anxious person. So there's a contradictory part of me that's like, yes, the freedom. And then the other part's like anxiety ridden, like, oh my gosh, no, I can't do this. But
0: yeah. And I think that's
1: what makes it so special to me
0: because I'm also very anxiety ridden. Like I'm also that person who is like, let me make sure I plan everything out so nothing goes wrong. And if something goes wrong, let me look at plan B on page 35. Let me look at plan C on page 37. like that's, that's, that's me, right? So I'm the kind of person that I think if you were inside my head, you would think I would never solo travel. The thing about solo travel is that it is what it means to do what you want to do scared, like
1: still do it. Yeah. It's funny that I think that there's a lot of people that at least one point in their life, they've lived by themselves. Mm -hmm. When it comes to, you know, when you're living by yourself, you have to look at the area that you're going to live in. You have to look at the location of where it is in comparison to, you know, either the city or the town or the transportation, the same methods that you would use when you're trying to find somewhere to live, whether that's by yourself, with family or with friends, is the same method that would be applied when you're solo traveling in terms of trying to find your accommodation. I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest review person because I always look... And think about reviews as people's opinion and if mm. 10 people were having a bad day on the day that they left the review that's going to be 10 negative reviews on somewhere that might not have been that bad it just didn't live mm. up to this expectation that they thought it would be and now you've deterred another 50 people from going to that one place that's a good point right so we about things like cleanliness, of course, that that's going to be as a whole. That's not opinionated. But if we're talking about staff and things like that, those kind of things are opinionated, which isn't always a true reflection on the establishment. That's a really good point. I've been the opposite
0: where I lean very heavily into reviews, but then there are times where you have to acknowledge this is user error or this is really the person who's writing the reviews
1: issue. So I, I feel that. I feel that. And, that and that's, is, that's the kind of thing for me is a major deterrent for people wanting to solo travel. Mm. I'm not telling anybody not to do their research, but you have to have discretion or discernment when you're doing your research. Right. Because then you'll never experience anything. Right. Like, let's think about food. I literally just had sushi for dinner. The amount of people are like, ew, it's raw fish. Okay, but I like it. But if I've listened to everybody that said, don't try it, then I just would never know if it was something for me because I didn't try. Right. When I went on my first solo trip, I remember doing a level of planning that was more so how long do I think I'm going to be able to stay in this country before I get bored? Mm. Are there things to do that if I went for seven days, because the UK, we have 28 days annual leave plus seven bank holidays. So it works out to over a month. So you can go places for seven days, no problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just remember selecting different places that had things to do and thinking, okay, if I book up something, one excursion, one activity, per day, then I can't be bored for the entire trip because I've got something to do each day. Yeah.
0: You know what? And I I, I think that is the main thing that I do as well. Now I am flexible. I'm not like, you know, the Virgo style anxious planner, where we have to do everything number one, two, and three. It's like, no, I have something that's prepared just in case. There is nothing to do. You know, that's, that's more of my thing. Keeping myself occupied when I'm solo traveling, it's easy for me to communicate back home where I am and what I'm doing. So mm. if, if you don't see any pictures of me at this cooking class, then it's okay for you to ask, Hey, Where you at? Like, it's it's okay to check in. It gives you the opportunity to not feel like I'm bored. I have nothing to do. There's no one with me, you know? And then you get lost in all of those thoughts. And then you have that whole like waterfall of, I'm by myself. Like, no, like keep doing something. And then on top of all of that, and I think you talked about this in our first podcast, it's also the opportunity for you to now talk to other people who don't know you. And there is something that, there's something very freeing with anonymity. I'm not talking about like, you know, just going out there and being wild and crazy and you're by yourself. Like, no, (laughs) you still have to think smart. Just like Jenny said in the beginning, the same way you would move smart when you're moving into your own space at home is the same caution that you need to take abroad. So I'm not saying that when I say there's some freedom and anonymity, but I do think there's some freedom in being able to sit in a restaurant or a bar or be at an event or be in an activity and just be able to have a conversation with someone who does not know know you
1: enough to judge you based on the person you want to be in that moment. And I have to be honest, I don't care how many times you've traveled solo. I don't care how far you've been, how close you've been the nerves and anxiousness does not disappear. Right. This is even to just locally, like stick a pin on solo travel. I went out for a friend's birthday dinner um, maybe about three weeks ago and people won't (laughs) understand. My anxiety does not allow me to be silent. The silence Mm. kills me and I refuse to be uncomfortable anywhere. I'm sorry if me talking to you makes you uncomfortable, but if I (laughs) had to choose you or me, I'm choosing me. (laughs) So I introduced myself to these two girls. Can you imagine the cheek of them to tell me, I think you're in the wrong room? Oh. I'm like, okay. But I heard the waitress who was still standing here. I heard the waitress say my friend's name. So are you sure? The waitress is like, oh, actually, I'm not sure. Maybe you (laughs) could come downstairs with me so we can double check. Lo and behold, I was in the right room and these two females were not in the right room. So I was where I was supposed to be and they were not. But could you imagine... If I stayed in that room and I did not say anything, a whole other group of people would have turned up that I have no clue who they are because I already do not know the celebrants, friends and family or whoever's coming out. I have no clue. Right. So if I didn't speak in that moment in time, I could have been stuck in a room with people for 20 or 30 minutes, not speaking to them, not having any clue who they were here to celebrate or anything, just because my anxiety did not allow me to say hi, I'm Jenny. Who are you? Or how are you? Yeah. How do you know this person? It doesn't stop me from being vocal wherever I go when I'm by myself. Me talking to people makes me feel more safe. It makes me feel less by myself. There's a level of confidence that you have to have with solo travel because I don't think you realize that you stand out more when you look nervous. Yeah, that's true. each solo trip or solo adventure. Like honestly, you have to start small. If you've never been to a restaurant by yourself, you've never been um, to the zoo by yourself, you've never been anywhere by yourself, don't solo travel, please. At the end of the day,
0: it's it's like, if I am comfortable here moving around by myself, then I can be
1: comfortable anywhere in the world moving around by myself. You deserve to be comfortable moving anywhere in this world by yourself. Yeah. Man.
0: Yeah. And you know what it's interesting because I know that western culture, US culture, you know, is very individualistic especially after COVID, right? Everybody learned how to be by themselves. So it's either I can sit around and be like, oh my God, I'm by myself. Or I can be like, (laughs) or I can be like, let me find some shit to do by myself and enjoy my own company. If you're able to go and enjoy your own company in your own city, then going abroad, getting on a plane and going
1: and doing the very same thing somewhere else will not seem that bad. I feel like if travel is your thing, solo travel just trumps nearly anything else that you done travel wise yeah it's not easy to do you don't realize that when you're traveling with somebody you get to double check the gate with them mm-hmm. like oh it says d6 right and they check their ticket yeah yes yeah, d6 and then you get to d6 and you want to make sure like this is the gate right you can't do that when you're by yourself, by yourself. yeah everything you're doing you're confirming with yourself yeah. like Girl, this is the gate. Oh, hell yeah, this is the gate. And you're going to check that thing 15, 20 times over. Yeah. And as the trip goes on with all these little things, you land, you want to find the trolley to get your luggage, you want to find the gate that says exit to go get your Uber, assessing your surroundings. Everything you're doing, you're talking to yourself, like, wow. Yeah. I actually got on the plane. Yeah. I actually made it here. I got in the taxi. Like every little part of the solo travel is a tick off a box that you didn't even put. It wasn't a list. You didn't go there to tick things off because so many things happen that you didn't think would happen. So each time you get past these little milestones, you're like, yes, I did that. And you get to feel proud of yourself from the very beginning of the trip. Forget about when you get there and you check in, and you know you put on your bikini and you go down to the pool by yourself the next day. There's so many things to be proud of way before the next. Beach I think day. that is such a great
0: example. Like that was the perfect example because unless you've traveled by yourself, you don't realize how valuable those moments are. But those are the moments where you realize how much you rely on external validation
1: to get you through your day. And people try to make out like talking to yourself is madness. No, it's not. There's no one else that's going to encourage me. There's no one else that's going to praise me. There's no one else that's going to make me feel good about the fact that I really just got on this whole plane by myself. It's only when you're a grown adult when you realize that you've been traveling literally through this world with people. The moment you don't have people to do it, you better pat yourself on the back. I I
0: traveled solo with an itinerary for the first time at 34 for my 34th birthday. But since Mm -hmm. a little girl... I'm going to to send me to Trinidad every summer, pack bag and baggage and go to Trinidad. <laughs> and I would be there from anywhere from about seven to 10 weeks. And even before then, I was flying with my cousin, Roxanne. I was probably like six and she was probably like 13, 14. So we were still both two kids traveling by ourselves. So I think somewhere in there, when it came time for me to do it as an adult, that part of it, going through the airport or whatnot, that part never scared me. Oh, it was just what I do when I get there because now I don't know anybody when I get there, you know? Your thoughts become louder. You can just be in your own world and no one's going to interrupt your thoughts. To be by yourself in a space, looking out a window on a tour bus, which I was in in Iceland on my first trip, you're thinking Mm -hmm. and no one is interrupting that thinking. You can have all these conversations in your mind and not be interrupted, not be thrown off and not even have somebody to be like, let me have this conversation and see what their opinion is. Since you don't have that person, you actually have to pay attention to your own opinion. And you might still be conflicted, it's not to say that everything, all every problem in your life is going to be solved with solo travel. You may still leave and be like, I don't know. But the point is, you finally heard your own voice without the interruption of somebody else's. And that,
1: for me, is my favorite part. I feel like that's the part that most people are running away from and I don't know why. I don't know why away from wanting to be the person that advocates for you. If it goes wrong, you should only be able to blame you. And if it goes right, you should only be able to give yourself credit. You should not be giving that to somebody else. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We're going to choose destinations. Nadine, I'm going to sit here with you and I'm going to ask you out of these three, if you had a choice, where would you go? That's your opinion. But if I had my heart set on, on choice B and you chose choice A, why on earth am I going to go on choice A when you're not even coming? Thanks for the opinion, but I, did, I just needed to, to know if we were on the same page. And then what ends up happening is because your friend, family, whoever it is that you've conferred with is not on the same page, you've ran now. I'm just not going to go actually. They thought about place A and there must be a reason why they chose place A and maybe there's something overthinking is a problem with all of us in all aspects of our lives. Mm -hmm. Not just solo travel. In everything that we do, you have two job offers, you're overthinking which one is going to be the best long term. You're moving house, you want to know which one has the best location. Like overthinking is a standard practice. Going solo doesn't mean that you have to be completely by yourself. You don't have to isolate yourself from the world, but you should be going to... Learn more about yourself, about the capabilities that you can do without having anybody's opinion to do it. Yeah. You think if I told any one of my friends, forget even telling my mom that is so scared of water. You think if I could tell any one of my friends I was going to swim with dolphins before I was going to swim with them, they'd be like, yeah, Jen, go do it. No, they'll be asking me, am I mad? Because I know I can't swim. Well, guess what? I'm here to take the risk. Yeah. I'll find out what happens tomorrow (laughs) if I make it or not. There's too many things to deter people from doing things that they want to do in life. And if you want to solo travel, we are here to tell you, go and do it, please. Yeah. And start small. Start small. Start near. If you have to go book a hotel in, you know, the next city or within your town for a weekend, take your book, take your notepad, take your laptop, watch your Netflix, do whatever you need to do. Mm -hmm. Start small. yeah. Go to the movies, go to the restaurant, go to the museum, go wherever you need to go by yourself and do the thing by yourself because these are the things that help you to build the confidence. But let me ask you a question, Adine. What is one or some of the challenges that you face during solo traveling?
0: Um, The challenge that I face is the financial challenge. So (laughs) while I may be able to afford an entire trip, I prefer (laughs) splitting the entire (laughs) trip in half. (laughs) Because let me tell you, (laughs) going to Napa Valley by myself versus going to Napa Valley with my mom was completely different. I had a great time both times, but I had a better time with her because I didn't have to just pay for everything by myself. So I think that for me is the main thing. Like, man, I really want to go and stay at this particular hotel. But as an individual I don't know. I'm gonna have to wash dishes. I'm gonna have to make some beds. I don't. I don't
1: know what I'm gonna have to do. <laughs> I need to scale down. This is a public service announcement. In all the places in this world that you would not go to by yourself, do not go to Bali, Indonesia by yourself, oh. girl. I have done that trip three times, and the first time. Was by myself and I thought, oh, this is expensive, but I didn't think anything of it because I didn't know any different. You know, these people have the cheat to charge you per car, not per person. So the car that's fully fits four people, and because I'm on a solo excursion, you're still going to charge me the price as if to say it had three other people oh, in there? No. You know how much of a difference it made to go to Bali twice with two other people? I said, what? Girl, I can't even tell you the prices. I went to Bali in two. 2016 wait 2015 16 and 19 that, that, that 2015 to 2017 year mm-hmm. I was genuinely unstoppable I was going everywhere because I could I had the money and I had the time off work it was no problem so even though it felt expensive I didn't know that it was actually expensive until I went with people I said no nah, this place I can never go here again by myself wow Ever. It's expensive. So imagine the car is 150 USD. Based on four people, you split that. It's going to be 150 regardless of if it's four people or you by yourself.
0: You know what? So I went to Bali for my 35th birthday with 22 people. I would have never considered it expensive because we were all paying like $20 for this excursion because the
1: van cost this much. I've never been to Thailand. They tell you Thailand is cheap to be in, but expensive to get to. Okay, fine. I can take that. Bali by yourself is expensive. It's not making sense at all. I wouldn't do it again. I had a great time, but I wouldn't do it again. I, there's just some places that bills have to be paid when you're home. Right. Rent or mortgage has to be paid. Groceries have to be bought. Right. Events locally have to take place for you to get through where you live more than 300 days of the year. That Bali, do not attempt to go there by yourself because it will almost set you back to the point that you probably wouldn't want to visit visit anywhere on that side of the world again. For me, my your challenge is a one that everybody would relate to. My chal- I don't know if people relate to it. People really might be asking me, like, why do you continue to go on holiday if this is what you have to deal with? But every single day, Mm -hmm. I have to really shout at myself to leave the hotel room. My anxiety is telling me, oh, you you know, you're on holiday. You don't need to go outside. You're fine in the hotel room. Like, no, girl, you need to eat. Breakfast Mm -hmm. is now. And it finishes in an hour. And why did you get up an hour ago? Yeah. And then you know when I leave, I'm just angry at myself. Like, why didn't I leave three hours ago? Yeah. It happens everywhere. And again, guys, I can be honest with you. It even happens in my own house daily. Wow. If I don't have a plan, like an actual plan to leave this house, I cannot just go through the front door and say, oh, I'm just going to go for a walk around the block. That's aimless to me. So that's another like method to my madness of why I have to have things booked. Because if they're not booked, then it's kind of unlikely. I'll probably waste about two days being in the hotel and then get out on the third day and be angry that I didn't just leave the hotel two days ago. I remember when I went to Dubai for my 30th birthday, which was um, literally 2020. And I had to really, really, really gear myself up to leave because I didn't, didn't realize that the windows were a bit tinted. So I was high up and it was looking a bit cloudy outside. So I just convinced myself, oh, it's cloudy out there. I don't need to go outside on my birthday, you know, big, big 30th birthday. I'm telling myself, I don't need to go outside. Like, This is not the whole reason why I flew to this country. London had just put in their restrictions to make it be six people or less. So I had to cancel my party. And then the weather forecast for literally that entire week was 90% rain. I said, oh, hell no, I'm not staying here. I'm going where it's guaranteed sun. So imagine I've actually left my rainy country to go and spend my birthday in hot sun and I'm still having to convince myself to leave. That's probably one of the contradictory challenges that I have with going on away by myself. I like the freedom of being able to do what I want when I want. But I still need somebody to tell me, oh, yeah, Jen, you know, we had this booked at one o'clock or breakfast finishes in an hour. Do you want to go or do you want to do this later? It takes a lot for me to get out. And then when I'm out, I don't want to come back in because I'm like, home girl, you just wasted like two hours in the hotel when you did not need to do that. You could have been tanning up. Like, even if it's just you have to put a bikini on and go down to the poolside and catch a tan, you know, you left the hotel room, like, that's a big accomplishment. You still left your whole home country to check into a hotel or an Airbnb or hostel, wherever it is you're choosing to stay, and then put on your good, good, good bikini shorts if your guys are listening, you know what you guys choose to wear, your trunks or whatever you call them. <laughs> Just go downstairs by the pool or go across the street to the beach. Don't underestimate that, you know, because yeah. you still did that. You don't have to go on a solo trip and have all these things booked to feel accomplished by the fact that I traveled solo. Go and understand that leaving your home country to go and spend some time in a different country, even if it's just that you read your book, you left. That is an accomplishment in itself. I agree. And I think like sometimes my challenge is not giving myself enough credit at the fact that I made it here. So what you have to observe in that moment as a
0: solo traveler is that in every situation, there was a comfort zone that you pushed yourself out of to the next step. So even if the next step is you sitting in that hotel and now having to push yourself out of getting out of the hotel, that is your next step. Right. So that's like literally a staircase. Okay, I'm on. I want a next step. I'm, I'm in this hotel room. I'm in Dubai. So I'm clearly I've clearly made it here. And I've gotten comfortable because this this is nice. Um, the bed is yeah. nice. Whatever else is nice. It's safe. My door is locked. So now I've created the next comfort zone. But in that process, you see that that comfort zone looks nothing like the comfort zone on the step yeah. four. Mm-hmm. And then the you push yourself out of the actual hotel, right? Then you're actually going and doing stuff. So now you're literally at comfort zone number three. It really is like a step by step process. If you pay attention, like if you're self-aware enough to pay attention to, I made it here, you know? So even when you're feeling like, okay, I have to push myself out of being in this room. Yes. Push yourself out of the, being in this room and recognize at the same time that, While you're in that room, you create another comfort zone that your body wants you to stay in so you can stay safe. But in reality, if you're trying to continue to stretch yourself, then you now push yourself out of the comfort zone of leaving the room. And then once you leave the room... Is now pushing yourself out of the comfort zone of now I'm talking to these random people that I don't know.
1: Uh, when you're on solo travel, you've got to continue to push all the boundaries because when you get home, you have no reason to. Yeah. Home is your comfort. There's no reason for you to push the barrier any further than where you're at now, you know? Right. Like in terms of two different travel resources, Nadine, what would you say they would be?
0: Um, within our network. We have our solo travel guide. So that was written Mm -hmm. by Marilyn Shane. She talked a lot about solo missions and everything that we talked about tonight is pretty much what she also talked about in the book. Being able to find Mm -hmm. that self-efficacy about yourself, being able to hear your own voice, being able to recognize how much of yourself you've given away as opposed to how much of yourself you've actually given back to yourself to be successful mm-hmm. face any fears face any whatever she talked about her fear I think it was her either her fear of flying or her fear of heights and she decided on one of her solo travels well you know what I'm gonna do parry lighting so she did that mm-hmm. and realized oh one that wasn't that bad but two it is actually possible for me to do something that I'm afraid of. Those who may not be readers, they can get in the Facebook group and just ask questions like, hey, I'm interested in solo travel. Does anybody have any tips? Because I think that human resource, even though when we think human resource, we think about employment, but a human resource is just as valuable as a tangible book resource, right? Being able to ask somebody a question as opposed to just read about it. So those are the resources that I would say. Like, if you're really a person who's feeling like, I want to solo travel, I don't know where to start, I don't know if this is something for me, if it's safe, there are so many resources out there, even beyond us, even beyond Traveling Black Women. There are so many resources out there now where people are saying, this is how you can travel by yourself, safely, safely, And see the world. Really be able to like stretch yourself and meet yourself and see all the things that
1: you are actually capable of. I think that all of those are good resources and they are all accessible resources that everybody is able to use. So the biggest solo adventure was moving and my friends really let me know in Heathrow when I was leaving that, girl, you're by yourself from now. So we're not going to help you carry your suitcases because when you land on the other side, there's not going to be anybody to do that for you. And it was a big realization that, oh, yeah, I'm really going out into the big wide world by myself. And I didn't do any of the research that you just mentioned, but my research was by my own experience, which is why you should solo travel. There's a certain education that you get that you wouldn't get if you're with people because, again, you're relying on them.
0: Even with that, you're also forced to get out of that bubble that's created when you're with people. You know like when you're mm-hmm. when you're with someone else whether it be one person, one other person or four other people, you tend to be in the bubble with them, right? So even oh, yeah. in that experience, what you guys are talking about, what you guys are seeing, everything is in that bubble. When you're by yourself, there is no bubble. Like you are a bubble as an individual, <laughs> but you have to pay attention to everything going around you. And I think that in itself forces you to learn how to be present. And when you're by yourself mm-hmm. and you have to be alert you know, it forces you to be present. And then you realize how often, especially when you come back home or when you get back home, you realize how often you are not present with the people that you say matter. You're scrolling your phone or you're distant or in whatever way. But now you realize what that looks like because you've had a time where you had no choice but to be present. So now you can actually acknowledge the fact that I'm not really present. I'm not really in the moment that. I think I'm in just because I'm physically in the room, not yeah. like engaging with the people around me. You know what I'm saying? So it, that yeah. it, it brings another learning lesson. Like oh many journeys.
1: So like you can't you can't even take it in on the first. That's why you have to keep doing yeah. it. Because you keep learning. You keep learning. Let me ask you about Iceland. How was it? What was it like? So Iceland
0: was my very first solo trip that was a solo trip where I planned an entire solo itinerary. So, of course, I've been on a plane plenty of times by myself since a kid. But when it came to actually planning a solo itinerary, that was my first time. Did it for my 34th birthday. I felt like I wanted the opportunity to just celebrate me with me. I just wanted to go and spend some time with Nadine. And I loved it because when I got there, first of all, super safe city. And there was just so much to do every single day. I started off day one with a walking tour of Reykjavik. So it was like, hey, meet us at the, I forget what the, um, that big cathedral is called that has like that shape. Oh, I know that. I've it's seen it. Like Gros- mm-hmm. or something like that. But it was like, meet out there and we're going to walk around. Cool. Sign me up. It was like twenty bucks, so met them out there. They had a the little flag, and we walked around they They gave the walking tour after the walking tour. Um, I asked the, the tour guide, like, what's the place that they recommend for lunch? She recommended a place. I went and found that place, sat down, ate. Next day, there was another activity. Then went to see the Northern Lights. Then actually went to another hotel that was closer to where the Northern Lights were and closer to where the Blue Lagoon was. And then went to another hotel. It was completely an opportunity for me to do exactly what I wanted to do without having to worry about someone else. Because the way my little Libra heart is set up, is I am going to worry about everybody else's comfort around me because I don't want to hear about you not being comfortable. I don't want to hear about anything else other than you having a good time. So what that means for me is I'm going to consistently make sure that you're having a good time, which also means I'm not going to fully have a good time.
1: You're not. You're too aware of everybody else. And I think the sad thing about that is that you can't even control those things. Right. (laughs) It's
0: so easy to say, oh, don't worry about it. Don't think about that. But it, it comes so naturally. I legit wanted to be able to do everything that I wanted to do without feeling like I have to make sure somebody else is okay with doing it. And that in itself taught me a thousand different lessons throughout that entire trip.
1: Guys, if you're like Nadine, go on a solo trip. <laughs> yes. Stop worrying about people, they're not worrying about right. you. Right. And I mean, lightly, they're not worrying about you because you have somebody accommodating to you. You have no reason to think about how much stress and pressure they are under to ensure that you are having a great time. Like to say, they never paid their same good, good money to have a good time too. Nah, man. I'm not, I can't, I'm not into that. My first two solo trips. One might even ask literally Jen after the first one, why on earth would you go on the second one? Why not? It's all about experience. The first one I booked was to Turkey and that was for five days. Um, and I don't think I've ever spoken still till now. So that was 2016. Mm -hmm. I don't think now, even in 2023, I've spoken to my mom as much as I have, as I did on that trip. Oh wow every movement i made she was the only person that i felt comfortable to talk to because i didn't really want to feel like i was burdening anybody Mm -hmm. and i just remember her really encouraging me you know telling me like you'll meet people i'm like mom i just came back from go-karting where there was two other people and they were a couple i thought you said i was gonna meet people yeah she's like okay just land i'm like yeah but didn't you say i was gonna meet people she was like well did you go there to meet people or go there by yourself i was like wow do you have to be so loud I came here for myself, but I thought you said I was going to meet people. Like we were just going back and forth with it. Anyways, um, I can't remember what day it was, but let's say it was like day three or four. I met some girls. No, no, it wasn't day three or five, actually. I think it was day two or five. I booked a lazy boat ride and I met a girl on the boat who was a passenger in my station Hmm. in London. Oh, wow. I'm seeing this girl on the boat in Turkey. I'm like, hey, I know you. She's like, I know you too. Don't you work out? not telling you guys where I used to work. I'm like, yeah, don't you pass through there? She's like, yeah. I'm like, wow. That whole trip, the rest of the trip that I booked by myself, I had booked all my excursions. So I didn't spend any of my excursions with them, but they gave me a chance to experience nightlife. Because I had everything booked for the day, so I couldn't meet them in the day. But every time they were going out for dinner and then on to the club or whatever, I would meet them. And can you imagine, again, like the irony of the fact that their hotel was like maybe five minutes down the road from where I was staying. Oh, wow. But on day four of, or was it, I think it was day three or five, I went on um, like a kind of ATV tour, like Quad bikes. Mm-hmm. First time on the quad bike, didn't really get any instructions, uh, went through what I guess I could describe as a mud pit. And after coming out the other side of the mud pit, I was like, wow, uh, the sun feels extremely hot on the back of my leg. Like it felt extremely hot. And I kept riding. And after about two minutes, I'm like, no, something on my leg feels like it's on fire. I looked down and I had a massive burn on my leg. Oh no. Yeah, so when we went through this mud pit, there was a way to kind of go through because the force makes the uh, quad bike bounce back. So you have to be standing in a certain position. They didn't tell me this. And I burnt my leg on the exhaust of the uh, quad bike, which kind of ended the trip for me because where it was, it meant I couldn't go in the sea or go in the pool because the seawater would have infected it and all of these other things. Oh no. I had travel insurance, um, but it turns out I didn't have the right level of travel insurance. So I had to pay, but they didn't pay that much back. So after that, I decided, well, I I want full coverage. Whatever zero excess is, that's what I want. And that's how I learned what zero excess was. I'm like, I don't want to have to pay anything. If I've paid, I think I paid something like 120 euro for the medication that I needed for the burn. I'm like, why am I only getting back 20 euro? Like I need, I want it all back. So I changed my travel insurance after that. And thank God. Because on the next solo trip, which was the next year, I went to Lanaka, which is just outside Greece. And uh, there's no other thing that could happen to me. It's just me that it could happen to. I was in the shower and I slipped and I cracked my ribs on the edge of the bathtub in the oh, shower of the no. hotel. Yeah, that is something that I wouldn't wish on, on anybody. Because if you, again, if you live at home alone and you've been sick, you know how much lower you feel that there isn't anybody to comfort you that you're sick. But when you're abroad and injured to the point where you have to go to a foreign hospital, um, have an X-ray, have an MRI, um, be put in a room in a hospital that you don't speak the language, they don't speak the language either – It's a very, very, very traumatizing experience. That's
0: probably more of the experience that people are scared of, but they don't know how to articulate it. Having to deal with figuring out how to do everything that you just did by yourself. But... Even that, I don't know, it is something that you learn your own strength in. And not that I would want that for anybody. (laughs) I would never want that for, I don't even want that for you. And it's already happened. But I think it does give you the opportunity to really see like, how can I handle a situation like this when it's only up to me to figure it out? You find people that help, right? So that challenges the belief that everybody is bad.
1: You figure it out. You figure it out. Like What you said there about people, Um, the hotel actually sent the lifeguard to come and spend the evening with me in the hotel, um, in the hospital. Oh, wow. Yeah. When I was discharged, they sent me an Uber to bring me back to the hotel. Uh, They also gave me free room service. I mean, nice. I know your service is supposed to be free, but buffet, you're not supposed to be able to take food away, right? And they called right. me the next morning to ask me if I wanted food because they realized I hadn't gone down for breakfast. And um, they even sent somebody to go get my medication from the pharmacy. I couldn't have asked for that experience to be any different other than, of course, I wish it didn't happen. Right. It was <laughs> long months, seven long months of oh, no. um And in the midst of me being injured, I still went on a trip six weeks later because it wasn't going to stop me. It wasn't <laughs> going to stop me. I'm not going to lie to you. I was in stupid pain. I've just kept going. You learn something different each time. Like I could have slipped in the shower at home. They actually have a sign in the bathroom that says, if you want a slip mat, you have to request it. So, that is on me or on them. They've covered their back, you know, who knows if that's something that's happened before. And that's why they put the sign up, right? (laughs) Yeah, but the sign is there. And that's for you as a person to decide. For me, I find slip maps quite disgusting, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't even have one in my own house now, however many years later. But I say all of this to say that as, uh, if you have travel insurance, that really does take the pressure off because who wants to be doing an X-ray and MRI and getting casted up a medication in somebody else's country? It's already expensive in your own country. But you continue to learn that there really isn't much in this life that you can't do unless you tell yourself you're incapable of doing it. And I am capable of doing everything that is within my power to do.
0: Okay. So what would be your your best experience?
1: It would still be turkey. Still turkey as much as I injured myself. Yeah, because it was the first one. I don't think that you forget the first one, no matter how good or bad it is, because if it was bad, then there wouldn't be another one. Right. That one, it kind of, again, it's the most time I've spent with my mom, which I probably shouldn't have been on the phone to her that much if I was trying to explore myself and, you know, learn myself. But it allowed me and her to bond because she was so worried about what could happen. Right. Um, that it kind of helped me to ease her to talk to her and just let her know, like, I'm safe. I'm I'm cool. On the first day, I really wasn't impressed. Though. I was like, mum, I'm really not having fun. And I've seen people that have, you know, posted like, oh, after day three, like I had nothing to do. Like, I wouldn't do this again. It's not for me. Sometimes it's the destination that you choose that isn't for you. That's true. Because that can happen. There's so many places in the world. There's no uh, reason why you couldn't get it wrong. But I say Turkey on the flip side because that was the first time that I'd done quad biking. That was the first time I swam with dolphins. Um, It was the first time I'd met a group of girls that I actually could see myself getting on with. And up until I moved, we were still, you know, really good and close friends, which was like what? uh six years after our trip. We never went to oh, a trip wow. after that, but we never missed each other's birthday after that trip. But like they're the twins' birthdays in January. Um, one of their birthdays in March, and the other one's birthday is in December, and then mine in in October. We never missed any one of our birthdays after that trip.
0: Oh wow! So I wouldn't
1: I wouldn't say that me burning my leg in Turkey overshadowed the holiday. It was still it's still in my top three places that I've been to because of everything that I didn't know I was capable of doing. Oh yeah, my parasailing trip was on that too. Me being afraid of open heights and you know deep water. It was just a lot of first things. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that I was going to be able to com- accomplish because I didn't know what there was to do yeah I just knew I've spoken to a lot of people that were like oh there's loads of things to do in Turkey I did land at night which isn't something that I would recommend if you want to go on your first solo trip landing at night can be quite ai uh, don't want to use the word scary but daunting is the word that I would use like everything looks different in the dark yeah. so you know I reach up to the hotel and really trying to make sure like is this the hotel because I don't even remember the name but Right. the next day I was able to push myself come out of the hotel go across the street and make all the reservations for every day for that week so that I had something to do for each day oh, I would nice. change working I would probably change Lanaka um, yes because I um, cracked my ribs but also because there wasn't anything to do there okay. the world is such a beautiful place and I don't think that you have to go to these Instagrammable destinations or popular destinations to be able to get what you need out of solo traveling. You can literally go to the next city and that is an accomplishment in itself and hope that you learn something from that that makes you want to go to a different country.
0: I I would agree with that. And I think even with you talking about like how your first one in Turkey, you spent so much time talking on the phone to your mom. I think there's a lot of people like that. You know, their first solo trip, they may find someone back home that they're consistently communicating with. But I think that's part of the process. And if you are able to allow yourself to do that without judging yourself, then you can go on the next trip and not speak to people as much. And then oh, the next yeah. trip and find yourself <laughs> not speaking to people at all or just updating them as as it, it comes. But whatever that transition looks like for you, you have to be okay with it. And yeah. I think some people might have looked at that and been like, "Oh, well, I talked to my mom the whole time, so it's not for me." When in reality, that was your transition. Like, okay, I'm uncomfortable, but I'll try it again. You know what I mean? But yeah,
1: in terms of wrapping up, what type of tips would you give anybody for their first solo trip? Um,
0: research. Like I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to push myself outside my comfort zone, but I'm also going to weigh all the possibilities. I'm also going to look at the probability of XYZ happening. I'm also going to look at, you know, what are my needs? Like I'm going to weigh everything, right? I'm going to figure out everything. So in order for me to have a successful trip, I'm going to need to research. I'm going to need to figure out like, okay, What does this look like? I I will research everything down to sunset and sunrise. (laughs) That is how serious I research. And I know it sounds crazy, right? But when you think about it, if I am someone who lives in Georgia, like right now, today is May, whatever. We're in May, it's 2023. And the sun pretty much sets right around eight o'clock now, 8 p.m. But that's 7.30, 8 p.m. So if I'm in a different country and that is happening at five or six o'clock. If I'm there and I've made these plans to go to dinner or wherever, and it's dark at five o'clock, if I'm solo traveling, I don't want to be out. I just don't personally want to be walking around an unfamiliar place and it is pitch black outside. Yep. Tell Catch me when that. the sun comes up. You know what I mean? Yep. So, I, so even that kind of stuff, I want to research because I'm like, if I'm going to go on this tour and they're telling me eight hours which means I'm going to get back around seven and it's going to be dark. Let me see how far the stop is from my hotel so I'm not walking around. So I make a lot of safe risks. I push myself out the box a lot, but I also get into the nitty gritty of what does this look like when I'm by myself and not able to be like, girl, you see him over there? Run. You know, like... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> too, which direction?
0: Am I right, going? right. Or, or I'm not tapping somebody else to make sure like, hey, that guy looks kind of sketchy. Is he really sketchy or is it just me in this moment? I don't have time to do that.
1: I just have to yeah. get to the bus, the tour bus to the hotel door. And that's it. For me, I would 100 percent say that you have to be open minded. Yeah, you have to be open minded. You've never been to this place before, so you don't actually know what to expect. So you can't really go into it with an expectation because you don't know what it's like. You have no no clue. Like, okay, you know their local cuisine, for example, but at the same time, if you're not open-minded to it, that means that you might not taste it because you haven't gone in there with the mind to enjoy the culture
0: of what it is.
1: Yeah. And then (laughs) lastly, for me, I think it's probably easier said than done, but have fun have fun whatever that looks like to you like I keep using reading a book as an example because I'm talking to a teacher and a nerd but if reading <laughs> a book is what gives you peace and you can do that on holiday do it you've yeah. gone and found a new place to do the thing that brings you peace you have to be winning with that have fun with it have fun wherever you choose to go and whatever fun looks like to you go and do exactly that it's pointless otherwise Yeah,
0: I would agree with that. I I think those are great points. At the end of the day, I think it is, you'd have to push yourself through first visualizing it. So like, even when you think about, our Instagram or YouTube or anyone's Instagram or YouTube and they're showing you what places look like, they're showing you, you know, what it looks like for a black person to be there, a black woman to be there. Those are great opportunities to visualize yourself. Like, could I, could, did this look like something I would do? Did this look like something I could do, you know? Um, cause for so long we didn't have that and we didn't Im- imagine or visualize those things for ourselves. So now we do have the opportunity to visualize ourselves in these places by looking at other people. So, you know, you've got my page, you've got Gypsy Jens, obviously, you know, you've got Mm -hmm. Black German Traveler, um you've got Traveling with Nika. These are all the people that I share on the Traveling Black Woman page that you can just kind of check them out and see how they solo travel, you know, and what that looks like for them, because then that can kind of give you a sense of what could that look like for you. You know, if I can look at all these different people and see them traveling and see that they're clearly still alive, they're cl- <laughs> they're clearly having a good time. And despite what anxieties they may feel, what fears, what uncertainties they may feel, they're still figuring out a way to push through and experience life for everything that it has to offer, you know? So yeah. that's something that I would definitely say, you know, to add into all of that, you know, um, it just kind of gives you the opportunity to look at others that look like you
1: and And place yourself in those same positions. Use your resources. There's too much out there now to still be as apprehensive as we once had to be when we didn't have these resources. I agree. There's people that have been traveling, you know, Instagram is what, like 10, 12 years old? Mm -hmm. Like there's people that have been traveling before these platforms were a platform, that there were a place for them to be able to showcase where they've been, what it looks like. Don't just, you know, watch what they've done. Feel free to ask them. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions on what made you choose this place? Cause I've been looking at it. I've been thinking about it. Like have open conversations because there isn't a way to make yourself feel more comfortable about going to somewhere if you haven't had any kind of conversation. And researching is also a conversation. You're going to have questions that the research would answer for you. Like, I just think that you have to be open minded. You have to have fun. You have to use your resources and you have to ask questions. Even when you get there, ask the locals, where would you recommend to eat? What would you recommend, you know, a good tour to be? Is there a walking tour that I can do? Is there a historical landmark that you might suggest? Like,
0: And sometimes just walking around is just as good. Just
1: walk fast like you live there. That's it.
0: <laughs> Don't walk and look all crazy. Yeah, walk with a purpose. Walk with confidence. So you have to have that kind of air about you. Like, let me get here and just be comfortable. Let me not get here okay. and act weird.
1: So what is our inspiration for this episode? I would say if you travel
0: far enough, you will meet yourself. And when I say, yeah, yeah. And when I say far enough, and I mean, that's cliche. You probably heard it online. But when I think of far enough, I'm thinking of not just once or twice, like several different times and to places that you can't just get back to get back home with one flight. yeah. Like that I think is where you find the strength that you didn't know you had. It's have. the
1: kind of thing that you must want for yourself like in terms mm-hmm. of personal growth. There's so many little things that we can do throughout our lives to give ourselves that pat on the back. Yeah. But I just think like truly I just really truly think that you should do it at least once. Oh, yeah. And if you enjoyed some elements, but you didn't enjoy all, then give yourself grace and the opportunity to do it again somewhere else and do it different. Yeah. Because I honestly could have not gone on a second right through to sixth solo trip and moved country if I would have let burning my leg in a foreign country stop me from getting on a plane ever Absolutely. again by myself. Absolutely. And then again, to crack my ribs and end up in hospital, like I said, in a foreign country, that those two things should be enough to make somebody not want to travel by themselves again. But these two things are things that can happen in your hometown. They're not anything specific to the country itself. That self awareness that you have, that confidence that you have, it all lives in you. You just have to find a way to implement it when you are away.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, well,
1: guys. We've given you everything we have yeah. on what I am going to say is both of our favorite topics to talk about. Yes, when it comes to travel, we have so many different episodes to come. We hope you've enjoyed this one. I'm just going to tell you again: book that
0: trip. Yes, the main person you want to meet in life is
1: yourself. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Got to preach Well, thanks for listening, guys. We shall see you on the next episode. See you next time. Oh, mm-hmm.